Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges, and this is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Word of God. We're looking at the Bible because we want to be better followers of Christ. We want to be closer to Christ. We're working our way through 1 John. We are in episode 29, and we're looking at 1 John chapter 3, verse 24. This is the last verse of chapter 3. And he's summing up what he's been talking about and looking ahead to chapter 4. Well, let's read 1 John 3.24 The one who keeps his commands remains in him, and he in him. And the way we know that he remains in us is from the spirit he has given us. Well, this is a language he's been using uh, somewhat, and he adds an idea of the Holy Spirit to it. He says, the one who keeps his commands. Well, we know what his commands are. He just told us in verse 23. He said, this is his command that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he commanded us. So this is the commands he's talking about. This is similar to language Jesus used back in the Gospels. In Matthew 22, uh, starting in verse 34, we read, When the Pharisees had heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together. And one of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? He said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. Now, the law and the prophets, that's referring to the message from Moses, the law, and the message of the prophets, the, basically the rest of the Old Testament, that's just a way of saying the Bible or the Old Testament in their context. Everything depends on loving the Lord and loving your neighbor as yourself. And that's what John basically said in verse 23. He says, this is what God wants you to do. Believe in the name of Jesus Christ and love one another. Now, believe, it's a bigger concept than just believe the fact of Jesus. Believe that Jesus is your Savior. Believing is faith and believing to the extent that you're willing to live it. So if you really believe that Jesus is the Savior, that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is God the Son, and you really believe what he said, then that's going to result in action, living that out. Then the other action of loving one another. So the one who keeps his commands remains in him. This remain is that same word we see often translated as abide. Sometimes it's translated as lives. So the one who keeps his commands, that is the one who does what Jesus said to do, the one who follows God's commands for us to believe in the name of Jesus and love one another, that person abides in God, remains in God, lives in God. This is the language of John 15 of the the vine and the branches. Where Jesus says, you you remain in me and I remain in you. John now brings that up here. He says, the person who keeps his command remains in him and he in him. Well, who's the he and who's the him? Obviously, he's switching around. This person remains in God and God remains in the person. 
a mutual abiding. Now, how do you know you're a follower of Christ? John has been saying the proof is in the action. You know you're a follower of Christ if you're actually following Christ. Well, then he brought up the, the challenge of when I look at my life and I see my imperfect obedience, my imperfect love, I may have a crisis of faith. I might have doubt. Or the words that John used, my heart condemns me. Because I know I'm not a perfect follower of Christ. I know I don't have perfect obedience. I know I don't have perfect love for one another. So is the love of God really in me? And John said, well, it's not up to you. It's up to God. It's God's decision. But still, that issue of the proof is in the action. Yes, it's God's decision. But what about what I do look at my imperfect obedience? How can I know I'm a follower of Christ? Well, John answers that issue right here in the second half of verse 24. He says, and the way we know that he remains in us is from the spirit he has given us. The way we know that God lives in us is by the Holy Spirit. Now, how do we know? He didn't say and it's probably good that he didn't say, otherwise we would have uh, uh, tacked on this special little requirement that uh, if you have this experience of the Holy Spirit, that's the proof that you're a follower of Christ. Well, we don't have that. But what we have is the promise that the Holy Spirit does give us that assurance. This is the first time that John introduces the Holy Spirit in this letter. And he gives it as the evidence that we are followers of Christ comes from the Holy Spirit, but it also is the Holy Spirit. The evidence that I'm a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit gives me that internal assurance, but also gives that external evidence that I'm a follower of Christ because people can see the actions of the Holy Spirit in my life. The Holy Spirit is, is very active in, in all of this. He talks about abiding in God and God abiding in us. Well, that happens via the Holy Spirit. God lives in us via the Holy Spirit. That's why we use words like the, the Spirit dwells within me. The Holy Spirit has taken up residence within me. The Holy Spirit lives in my heart because God lives in us via the Holy Spirit. But also, the first half of the verse, the one who keeps his commands remains in him and he in him. All that is via the Holy Spirit also. We keep his commands via the Holy Spirit. And what was the two aspects of the command he's given us? To believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, the act of faith is via the Holy Spirit. And then the playing out of the actions of faith is via the Holy Spirit. I can't obey in my own will. I can't obey in my own power. I can only obey empowered by the Holy Spirit. I can only truly believe via the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is very active in this aspect of believing in the name of Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit is also very active in the aspect of loving one another. I'm naturally a selfish person. You are also naturally a selfish person. We are naturally selfish people. 
loving one another involves putting other people first. It's hard for a selfish person to put another first. But that can happen via the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers me to love one another. It's not up to my imperfect obedience, my imperfect faith. It's up to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives within me, and because of that, allows me to actually keep his commands, actually allows me to believe in the name of Jesus Christ, actually allows me to love one another. So the Holy Spirit is very much tied up in this idea of mutual abiding. I can live in God because the Holy Spirit lives in me. I can live in Christ because the Holy Spirit lives in me. I can believe in the name of, the, of Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit lives in me. I can actually love one another because the Holy Spirit lives in me. This is an incredible promise that these things that God has called us to do, he will actually do them with us, empower us to do them, guide us as we do them. And that becomes the internal evidence that I'm a follower of Christ, but also the external evidence to others that I'm a follower of Christ. As others look at me, would they say, there is evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in this person's life? Or they look at me and say, I, I don't see the Holy Spirit at work in this person's life. The message of assurance for us is God has made it possible for us to do the things that God has called us to do. So when I look at my imperfect obedience, my imperfect love, and read John's letter, and he says, the proof that you're a follower of Christ is that you're actually following Christ. I look at my life and say, I don't know that I'm really following Christ that well. But the Holy Spirit is the one who says, I'm the one who's helping you follow Christ. I am the one who is abiding in you. And because of that, you are abiding in Christ. Now, I may not fully follow God because I'm not fully allowing the Holy Spirit to work within my life. What's the solution there? Back to the aspects of obeying his commands. What has he commanded us to do? To love one another and to believe in the name of of Jesus Christ. And how do we even know all these things? Because of the Word of God and that the Holy Spirit is so involved in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit inspired the writers of the Bible to write the Bible. And the Holy Spirit works in our lives when we read the Bible. So we can know the message that God has given us because of the Holy Spirit. We're able to actually apply the message of the Bible to our lives because of the Holy Spirit. We're able to live out God's Word to us because of the Holy Spirit. It's a wonderful promise, the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us we can't even pray adequately unless the Holy Spirit is active in our lives, connecting us with the Father. So as we look at the Word of God, Allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in understanding the Word of God. As we pray, allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in prayer. As we serve, allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in service. And as we love one another, allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in loving one another. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we work our way into chapter 4 of 1 John.